Welcome to another episode of Not Just Bot Podcast. Um, this one's an election special, so we've got a few special guests with us today um, to talk about elections and what it's like to be an officer at Winchester Student Union. Um, so they're just going to be giving a little insight into their roles and what it was like when they were in those positions. So to introduce myself, I'm Dan Chevalier. I'm the Vice President of Education and Welfare. And if we just go around the room, um, starting with Tali. Hello, my name's Tali. I was a student officer volunteering in community between two... 2016 and 2017 and I was SU president between 2017 and 2019 and currently I am the head of student voice at Cardiff Student Union. Vic. Hi, um, God that was bad. I'm Vic Hurley and I was vice president education and welfare um, from 19 to 21 and now currently I am the Student Engagement and Success Manager at Bloomsbury Institute London. Uh, Lucy? Hi everyone, uh, my name's Lucy and I was a student officer which was a voluntary role alongside my studies um, in academic year 2019-2020. Um, I'm currently full-time PhD student and full-time schools and colleges development officer at Winchester as well um, but I also am a student trustee for Winchester Student Union's trustee board as well. Thank you and then Megan Selly. Hello um, I'm Megan Selly. I was also a part-time student officer alongside Lucy in the 2019-2020 academic year and I am the current representation manager at Portsmouth's Student Union. And then last but not least Megan Bull. Hello, uh, yeah, I'm Megan Ball. I was president at Winchester from 2019 to 2021 alongside Vic. Um, I am now the public affairs officer at SAMS, the baby loss charity, and I'm also a part-time master's student in politics at Royal Holloway. OK, thank you very much. That's everyone we've got around on this podcast today. And um, so just a quick overview we have within the Student Union. We're a separate organisation from the university um, and we have three sabbatical officer role positions, which are the Vice President of Education and Welfare, Vice President Activities and Services and the President of the Student Union, as well as five student officers. So they're voluntary part time officers who do it alongside their studies um, and they are elected to represent the student voice at the university. Um, so thank you all for giving up your time to be here for this little sort of Q&A panel about your experiences. Um, if we start with the first question, um, what made you want to run for an officer position? Is anyone going to jump in? <laughs> um, I'll go first then, why not? So um, just in case you don't know, it's Vic talking. Um, and I ran for obviously Vice President of Education and Welfare. And what made me run was that I um, was quite good friends with some of the people that had previously been in the SU. So I knew um, a little bit about sabbatical officers and what they did, not to the extent that I needed to, to run, if I'm honest. Um, so don't let that put you off if you are thinking you will learn on the job. Um, so I was studying my master's in the philosophy of education at the time, and I was really passionate about that and sort of the theory that goes alongside it, as Lucy will probably tell you as well, as she um, did the same master's. Um, so the education side definitely drew me in and I thought, well, do you know what? Why not? Let's give it a whirl. You only get sort of one chance at it. So, hey, ho, let's go. 
Can I just say, in the chat me and Vic had before this, that is not the answer she gave. She was like, oh, I just wanted to carry on being a B-knock. Come on, Vic, be honest on the podcast. God, I was trying to sound so professional then. No, it is not I a popularity contest. It is no, but you enjoy the fame contest. It is not a popularity contest. And you know what? You soon realise that when you are in office and then you try rerun and all that sort of stuff. So I'll pass over to someone else. Tali, maybe you? <laughs> um, I Yeah, I can say the really like cliche answer, which is... The fact that when I was at university, I saw that there were things that I wanted to change and do differently, both in the university and the SU, and thought very highly of myself that I thought I could make those changes and do it. Um, and yeah, so put myself forward and thought I'd make some change. And then I had to pass over to Meg. So Rude. what happened there? I was, I was just going to hop in and say, I think I was kind of the same as Tali in that I uh kind of saw things that I really you know I thought I could do with changing and clearly thought highly of myself enough that I thought I could do it but I I actually have a bit of a funny story that I never wanted to run for president I wanted to run for vice president activities and I was dead set on it because I was like in a sports team and that was how I found loads of my friends had a great kind of student experience with the student union through my sports team and then I uh, made a error one evening of filling up the student union minibus with diesel rather than petrol, uh, which I wouldn't recommend either anyone, um, and spent three hours sat in a car with Tali waiting for the car mechanics to come and get the wrong fuel out of the minibus. And in that time, he spoke to me about wanting to run. And by the time I got out of the car, I was running for president. So, you know, <laughs> I think I saw that somebody else believed in me that I could do it as well, which made a big difference um, in me going for president instead. So yeah, that was that was my reason. He <laughs> Thanks, definitely Tali. has a way of persuading people, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, think that's I don't a really. really... Valid point. Sorry, I think that's a really valid point though, in the sense of like. Um... You didn't inherently, you weren't confident from the start. You didn't really necessarily maybe know as much about it. You were thinking about a different role. Um, and then surprising circumstances threw you into that position. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I think obviously um, Megan and I will probably have a very different experience because we obviously ran for um, part-time voluntary roles. So um, the student officer role obviously doesn't get paid. You do it kind of alongside your studies as and when. Um I was in my second year and I had seen somebody be a student officer in the year before me. Um, I won't name, name names, um, but I just knew that this person was not the right person representing student voice because potentially of certain opinions. But it kind of then also spurred me on because I had I was running a society at the time, the Feminist Society, and my vice chair with a mixture a tiny little bit of Tali being like did you know you could do this and I was like hmm, maybe I'll just go for it just go for it um then yeah they got in rest is history sort of vibe yeah I guess like similar vibes for me too I think I um saw the student union from like a different perspective having been on venue team uh for about a year before and like I just lived and like I just loved that that zone so much and, and that was such a comfort and such a like such a 
place where I found so much belonging that I was like oh if I can do this alongside my studies in a different context like why would would I not kind of thing and I think like that like part of my life being on venue team was like really stable and got me so settled at uni that I was like oh maybe I can kind of make a change in a different area for my other peers in those different contexts and I think that kind of what what kind of drew me to it and having those conversations in different areas that I might have been having behind the bar with my venue team friends but actually like having sitting in those spaces for them and kind of like like kind of fighting for them in a different angle I guess I think that's kind of kind of why drew me to it the most yeah I think on the whole there the kind of key theme there is there's this like inquisitive interest into into certain positions and then you kind of um you explore it a little bit find out a bit more information and that kind of leads you to kind of wanting to run for an officer position so if anyone's thinking about it out there um do get in contact with the student union if you want more information um as much information as you need really we are here to support you in the process as well um so moving on to the next question so what were your experiences of campaigning and what advice would you offer to prospective candidates i'm gonna jump in first um so i'm currently uh i'm currently planning and, and running and leading on voting week at my student union uh um, portsmouth student union sorry and i think one thing that we're kind of really focusing on this year in terms of um that sort of candidate prospective candidate side is um really making sure you kind of prioritize yourself in this time it's really busy it's really fun you're going to have so much fun meeting all these new people and talking and really passionately talking about what you're interested in and what you're passionate about and actually it's about taking those time to make sure you know when, when you're eating or what you're eating and um who you're talking to and kind of having those plans in place um uh, pre going into that week um, and also just, I think one thing that I found also, and one th thing I found like in my job as well, is kind of just covering the basics uh, and making sure people are aware of when the elections are, how they vote. Obviously it's really important who you are and what you're being standing for, but actually getting them engaged in the whole process is, pro is probably one of the biggest things as well, um, just, just from my perspective. I think from my experience, campaigning is an intense week like there, there's no getting away from that bit you're constantly thinking that every conversation you have every social media post you're going to make is going to be like one extra voter but then you don't realize that if you're going into those conversations and you're doing like really sloppy things or you're you come across really off or really tired that's actually doing the opposite for you and isn't getting you any any votes one of the like bits of advice I would give though is going into campaigning not with the only you know what the right answer is for the union or only you know what's like students want and this is your manifesto and that's it done actually using the week to speak to students hearing what they've got to say and actually letting them form your ideas and what you want to work on because there is no way you have spoken to 8,000 students before and that you know exactly what every student needs whether that's a master student, mature student, commuting students but if you go in with it willing to hear from them and listen to them want to represent you they'll understand that want and they'll really appreciate it from you um i'll jump in as well um so when i ran um as a student officer i really enjoyed it had a great week um i think one of my best things from it was coming away having met new people and like one of those people are is still my friend now and she works in the admissions team at uni so we share an office and I would know she's very loud and as you all know her Liv a very loud gal um I also uh for reference ran the year after for vice president education and welfare and it was interesting because it was the same experience but different 
and it felt more intense. And those who um, ran for sabbatical positions will also know when you're campaigning in your third year, whilst you're trying to finish off your um, degree and your dissertation and everything like that, running for a job is very hard. Um, so it's really good to have a really good support network around you, whether they are part of your campaign team, whether they are your housemates that make you dinner when you get home, something like that, because I definitely think running for a student officer is slightly different to running for a sabbatical officer as well, um, having done both of them. Yeah, I was going to say as well, I agree, like Tali said, you can't get away from the week being intense. I don't think my phone probably left my hand for the whole week, both times. But yeah, I think just making sure you have that support network and just asking for some help if you need it. And whether that's like Lucy said, asking your housemates, look, could you know, can you help me out with cooking dinner this week? Or, you know, I remember emailing my lecturers and saying, look, I'm really sorry if I seem a bit absent this week you know like I'm running for this position and I mean some were really supportive and then some were not so supportive but you know <laughs> you can but try um but I think just bearing in mind yeah it's going to be hard work and you you kind of are always you well there's the temptation is there to always second guess yourself but you will only ever succeed by trying like if you're not if you're not out there campaigning and talking to people like me and Vic I'll never forget our last day of our second campaign week was chucking it down the whole day and we were stood outside with our umbrellas just trying to talk to a student that would give us five seconds of their time in the rain um but you know like you've got to be in it to win it so yeah I think it's like such a yeah it's such an interesting week of emotions but just ride the wave and you'll be fine <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I've just I've not even thought about it until now, but I ran, as I've said before, um, when I was in my master's year. So I was a postgraduate student running for um, an SU position. I don't know how many people that sort of appeals to at the time. If you know, if you've done postgraduate, if there's any people out there listening that are postgraduates, you'll know how intense it is. Um, it is super intense and obviously it does last in through the summer and that's when your job starts. So I think when you're campaigning, you still need to think about your other priorities too. You you do have lectures, you do have things like that, but after campaign week, if if you get the position, if you get voted in, what's going to happen then? Um, you need to think long term. It's not just about that week and that comes in terms of your well-being, your, you know, your life. Um, and I think as cheesy as it is, campaigning and pretending to be someone that you're not is not going to get you votes. Um, you have to be so genuine and true to yourself. And if that's what people don't want to vote you in for, then you've got nothing to be ashamed of because you've just been yourself the whole time. Um, so I think, yeah, keep genuine and keep thinking long term. And also do your research when you're campaigning and when you're making your manifesto because you don't want to start making false promises um you don't want to get up onto that election podium stage where you have to do a Q&A live and you have to give a speech and you don't know your research it's like going into any other job interview you need to do your research and you need to do your background checks first to know what you're talking about because at one time you could be talking to 8,000 students that are listening to that live stream or will go back and vote for you so definitely definitely be prepared 
like going also going off one of the things that Vic and Lucy were saying is I think it's important not to have all your eggs in this basket like it's a great opportunity if you're going to do it as a full-time job or that's what you have but have a backup like ready like what are you going to do if you're not successful because actually that will make you be able to enjoy campaigning a bit more because it's not your whole life it's not everything is, is down to this but it's a great opportunity like there's not many times you you worry with a 50 50 percent chance or a 25 percent chance where you're actually going to be successful but you can actually take a lot away from just being involved in the campaign week itself yeah i think massively from that um so the, the sense is kind of being authentic um enjoying it as much as possible as it is like kind of like a once in a lifetime opportunity is really it can be really fun obviously exhausting but looking after your well-being even if it's just 20 minutes when you put your phone aside um, and you're just not looking at your phone um, because there is that pressure to be constantly present on campus or present on social media um, and bombarding students as much as possible but it's kind of just making sure you're you're getting that balance there and you're being true to yourself in the process as well Um, as even if you 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 run for it and you don't get the role there's loads of different sort of opportunities that um, can arise from that Okay, so moving on to the next question, what would you say was your biggest challenge or win during your time in office? Can I come straight in? Because I already know mine. Go for it. (laughs) I'll go for win first. Um, I feel like my biggest win, and I mean, this was by no means just me, but I feel like it was the biggest win during my time in office was when, uh, so for context, um, I was president during COVID, which was as, as fun as you can imagine, I'm sure. Um, but my the moment I remember I actually I had tears of happiness was uh, when we found out we were successful in um, getting the rent rebates for students that lived in campus accommodation during COVID. Uh, yeah, I'll never forget the vice chancellor phoning me and telling me that they were going ahead with that policy. So, yeah, that was a that was a particularly good moment. Uh, challenge. I literally just need to say one word and then I'm going to go on mute and I'm just going to say Greta um and then say no more uh that was yeah interesting interesting <laughs> it can be a whirlwind job oh it oh it really can one minute you're in a board meeting and the next minute the swedish national news is calling you asking for a comment on a bronze statue my experience in office was i mean i was in office with megan so we went through covid as well um and i think there were so many big wins in that um outside of COVID and in COVID but me personally um one of my big wins was putting through the self-certification policy it was a great policy I mean props to me sorry (laughs) no I'm joking there was so much research and background knowledge that was done before me and so many people that helped me on the way the quality team my officers ex-officers um it was a big team effort from the whole of team SU Um, But it was great to announce that students got this and it wasn't just a win for that moment. It's a win for students now. When I was working at the uni after my um, sabbatical office years, there were still students using it. I'm sure there's still students using it now. It's brilliant. Um, And it just really did make an impact for students. And I mean, speaking about me personally, writing a policy, an institutional policy that's being used is such a huge thing for me. Um, I'm not the most academic person. I really have to try hard with sort of like writing and things like that. So not just a personal win for me, but a whole win for um, student union team. Um, I've still got the folder pack in my drawer that you left. <laughs> oh, the handover was awful. Yeah. I didn't even know where to start because it was just 
so many like different bits and bats on different pieces of paper that obviously I print out because I don't live in the 21st century. Nothing was emailed. It was all highlighted and underlined. So sorry about that, Dan. Um, and my biggest challenge. Um, oh, I'm not really sure. I think those, those I don't get me wrong. And everyone took the mick out of RSU team for saying this, but it is the best job that you will ever get in the entire world, whether that's part time, full time, just being part student trustee, having a part in the SU is such a, a fulfilling moment, but it does come with so many challenges like on a daily basis. Um, Covid was a huge one, obviously, um, but then also. Um, I think for me, it's your first professional job for some people um, coming out of um, a degree or postgrad, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I've just talked about being authentically yourself while running, but keeping authentic throughout while still being professional um, is super hard when you're speaking to you. You're, I was 21 going into that role, 22, and speaking to vice chancellors that have got copious amounts of PhDs and it feels so intimidating and you're trying to fight for students so you've got to keep professional but also be authentically yourself and do it for the right reasons um, that you got voted in for that the students voted you in for so I reckon that was my biggest challenge at times my uh, northern came out in some board meetings and that wasn't the most professional in the world. Vic I was really hoping you were gonna say your girl wrote a policy. I did put <laughs> Um, a six second clip on Twitter saying you gal wrote a policy in the most northern accent possible and it was so unprofessional but I don't care I was authentically me. Happy, I'm happy to go next. Um, I think again it's kind of slightly different for us as as part-time officers and kind of uh, the kind of boundaries of, of that and, and what that sort of brought for us in terms of it being a voluntary role and working alongside our, our studies and our other commitments and stuff. I think for me, my biggest win was kind of getting in, in those university spaces and working and having some of those teams be so, so eager to work with us. And like one of the things that I, like, I know a few of us worked on was like Go Green Week and like working with the environmental uh, team and stuff. And, and they were always so eager to hear what we kind of had had and what we kind of wanted to do in those spaces. And I think that was really nice. And I think that was kind of my biggest win was like kind of them being so eager to kind of work with us and shape the Go Green Week like plans around us and stuff. And I think that was kind of really nice. I think in terms of challenges, kind of not overwhelming yourself and kind of being too involved in too many pies at too many times and, and kind of learning to say no. And, and I know personally, that's just an issue I have just in general and, and we won't turn this into a bit of a therapy session, but like it's kind of more of, of of looking at like okay what is the most effective way of doing this and how can I be the most effective and if that means missing instead of going to five different meetings if you can go to two and put your ideas in and, and really really go for it in those areas and and, and work alongside your other part-time officers there are other there are five of you for a reason in terms of spreading that workload and being in those spaces and yes it's really nice that you might all be passionate about one subject but can you kind of split that workload between you and I think that was kind of the challenge especially when me and Lucy were doing it alongside our third year and being in a society and working part-time and all of this other great stuff and which is all super fun and part of part of the SU Winchester life 
but kind of learning that that's how to say no and kind of like just kind of taking a step back I think was probably my biggest biggest challenge you know just too eager student union keen bean all, all every day well now it's my work at one it's just it's not it's not left at all my biggest win is such like a a, a niche one and it also kind of ties in with my favorite moment but um, myself and a different student officer, Liv, who I've mentioned before, we ran the quiz every Tuesday night and near enough every Tuesday night, like the food hall would be packed with students. Um, like we worked our asses off um, for those like quizzes. Um, we had like little fun bits that people started working out. Like one of the answers in the general knowledge would always be based on the Vatican City. Um, it's just like little bits like that. Like it's like and that was just such a big win to me and I know to live as well and that was really hard to let go when COVID hit and we got that email saying you're not allowed to do it and you're like but why <laughs> I want to <laughs> um, and I think a challenge kind of slightly follows on from Megan's um, point as well um, but also kind of knowing where the line is between how much you get involved with how much you're allowed to get involved with um, as well as a part-time officer because you're not doing it as a job um you don't get paid to do it but you are also there to help as well so it's just kind of finding that balance and having those conversations with um the SU and the other sabbatical officers as well about like can I work on a project or can I help you with this or do you need my help or shall I take a step back and it's just kind of understanding where the line is and I think um that's also like a nice little tip as well um, to any successful candidates as well. Thank you. That's brilliant. And I think sort of moving on then thinking about challenges in terms of um, the challenges you may face while enrol. Wow, Dan. Wow. Just like Sorry. talking about wins and you're like, yeah, let's let's skip past that president that like Nick obviously. Was pointing like nothing. that and like, Tali's not on that side of me. So I was like, why are you pointing at Paul? <laughs> Um, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Obviously achieved no wins in my time. Um, That's a different conversation, a different podcast. Um, <laughs> Tali. What? Do you want me to answer the question? OK, thanks. Thanks. Um, so where do I begin with all the wins that I achieved in my time? Um, am, I only, am I only allowed one, Dan, since we're so strict on time in this podcast? We're here to celebrate all of your wins. Oh, thank you. Um, so... Uh, as a as a part-time officer probably agree the quiz is like life like one of the things is when when you're a student officer is obviously you're still part of the student community but it's actually so rewarding seeing how many people kind of come together and like how you're a crucial part of bringing students together to have that sense of community where everyone feels valued and like everyone's asked for input when when questions are asked and things like that it's it's really lovely to see um uh, as as a president i think um some of the things were like getting rid of essay numbers so students in this podcast won't even know what they were back in the day but basically you used to have to pay 25 pounds if you wanted to even join a sports team before actually joining a sports team so you weren't even allowed to be members of anything until you paid the su uh 25 pounds and we, we scrapped those and it was that was one of the interesting things because i remember putting it on my manifesto and someone else i was running with and people just telling us oh you're never going to do that and you're never going to achieve that and that's one of the things that i kind of might say that's a little bit different in the sense that do your research and know what's what what is possible and isn't but don't don't take everything at face value a lot of your time in an office is is questioning that status quo and really pushing for 
for those changes that some people don't think is possible and it just involves thinking a little bit differently uh one of the other wins that i'll just quickly mention is the kind of because i was really i got involved in the issue but as i said really wanting to make change to the issue so a lot of mine are more internally focused than kind of university change focused so like the structure of the issue as you know it in the zones um the officer roles well vp education and welfare all of that were kind of things that, that i was really passionate about making sure that there were routes um for students to have have their voice heard um and i would say one of the challenges that i found is that it can sometimes feel like nothing is good enough and students staff and other people that have expectations on you always want you to be doing more or something different and and that's really hard to kind of deal with going you're never going to please 8,000 students at once and and not everything is for every single student and it's trying to trying to make out which one is which best and and how you have to prioritize those and my advice for that is to really use your team like it's not a one person thing and like any of these wins that we've spoken about aren't anything that any of us done alone we always had other people involved whether that's union staff or officers that could come on that journey and really help you achieve as much as you wanted to thank you dan for allowing me my five minutes of fame i really appreciate it Thank you, Tali, for your input. And a very interesting point there, I think, on the 8,000 students in the sense of that can be a challenge in itself for someone who's thinking about nominating themselves. Um, it can seem quite a daunting prospect in the sense that you're a representative for 8,000 students and how you can represent all those different students, different modes of study and, and so forth. Um, so moving on to the next question, how did you represent the wider student voice during your time in office? Do I make sure I get to talk by going first this time? We, we, we can make you're sure someone else gets to uh, thank you. Um, I think it was like it sounds really easy when you say it, but making sure that you listen. And I think what I I served for two two years as president, and I remember getting towards the end of my first year and then going into my second, I realised that I'd got to a point where I actually stopped listening to what students were saying, and that like I I knew everything and I knew what was right and I I could go through it. And it was only the fact that I had a new officer team in my second year and um ellie spencer boyce who was the vice president of education um at the time uh, really came in and kind of made me think very differently to what i was was doing and how we were making sure that we were listening to um all the students um from that point so um yeah it was it was a real like you had to be proactive in saying i'm going to listen to students and make sure that even before we have a stance on anything before we decide what our position was uh, we were going to actually actively seek that feedback. I'll piggyback off what Tali was just saying. I think it's so interesting what what you were saying about it can seem really daunting representing 8000 students. I think it it's like really good to bear in mind that no matter how hard you try, you will never, ever be able to hear the voice of all 8000 ever. And it, it's like um, there's such a fine line between representing the wider student voice and being expected in meetings to know what a general consensus is on a probably quite contentious topic that there probably isn't a general consensus on. I remember that really vividly in like high level board meetings, people just asking me, you know, about this like massive policy change, like, or, you know, like, I don't know, just something that was highly contentious at the time and a member of staff who probably hadn't spoken to a real student in years saying to me well what do the students think about this and me saying oh well i've no idea you know like or well i need to go and speak to them i think it depends who you ask so 
on that yeah I think listening to students is such a good point but just acknowledge that you'll never be able to listen to all of them um and just on my experience I think we did a lot of that in Covid like we Vic will know like we we ran two weeks before Covid kind of hit the UK and Covid didn't mention it certainly not in my manifesto and from what I can remember nobody who ran that year mentioned Covid in their manifesto so the moment that the UK got locked down the manifesto was essentially shelved because lots of it was working on things that just weren't feasible anymore and in that moment we really had to pivot what we were doing so just hearing what students were telling us about like what is going wrong what are you not liking what do you want us to speak up on and i think we probably did the same in well quite topical at the moment with the ucu um strike action as well we really needed to hear what the consensus was from students before we could make a stance um so yeah just listen i learned more standing outside a bop queue than i did in any board meeting or forum or or you know anything like that just listen when students want to tell you um but maybe go home if it's you know past midnight like you don't need to be there anymore <laughs> sorry just coming back to piggyback again i think that 8,000 thing being really true, but actually one of the roles of an officer is to work out what voices are most important at that time. So actually what group of students do I need to speak to and listen to on this particular policy or this particular idea um, and actually seeking those out. So not going, I need to go and speak to 8,000, but I need to go and speak to this, uh, these 10 mature students who this is going to impact the most and actually get more detail from them. Um, but we all love standing outside the BOP queue and asking what people want. And help oh sorry, and helping Paul drive drive people to the hospital. Love that. <laughs> um, kind of moving on, but also on still the similar lines. I think coming from um a part-time officer perspective, you're obviously your predominant is your studies. So you obviously um you know, you're not there doing it day in, day out. But I think one of the biggest things that I was always an advocate for and still am now is just telling people that student union exists because a biggest one that I had in my first year is no one knew what it was and it was such a surprise when I found out what it was and how much especially considering how well of a union we are in the country as well um, and what they actually do especially considering realistically we're quite a small union as well um, is actually just telling people what they can do and to go and talk to them and it's just not necessarily about listening to them but actually kind of maybe just kind of herding them in the direction of the union or the right person in the union whether that's the student advisor whether it's um the general manager whether it's xyz etc and i think that's quite an important thing for maybe part-time officers to look at um i don't know megan if you agree or if you did the same yeah, I, th I think I um, I wrote a few notes on this question and kind of came back around whilst you're all talking. And actually, I think for me, I kind of became my course librarian for the student union. And it was like, where can I go to talk to this person about this? And actually having that point of contact for a potentially large group of students, like whether that be your society or like your course or, or all the groups that you might be in actually having that knowledge and having that that sort of um friendly face that they're like oh great Meg, meg's involved in some way she can kind of help you or direct you in, in what way kind of really helped and i think 
having that and kind of speaking to those students in that kind of context was kind of you start to hear back through you kind of hear those themes and kind of start to look at okay everyone that's come to me it has a problem with some sort of advice situation and okay is that something that I can work on I also think one thing for me as well was kind of making the like academic staff that I worked with aware of what we did with what we did as well because you know they're talking to just as many students all the time at different levels they're not just talking to so like I was talking to my peers at my year but you know those second and, and first years that were below and and also making them aware of what we were kind of doing as well was kind of promoting it at all angles I guess kind of getting it across the board um but yeah I think I agree definitely Lucy um from my perspective on I'll just repeat the question in case anyone's forgotten it um how did we represent the widest student voice during our time in office um I think definitely being able to adapt and change as well I remember me and Megan being in a specific uh, meeting once and we actually um I don't want to say came to blows but it was a very heated discussion because it was sort of a difference of opinion from the previous sabbatical year but it wasn't necessarily even just our opinion it was the student voice um the student voice had changed within that time that we previously spoke about this one topic and coming back around we got student you know feedback and it had changed and we fed this back to the board and they um didn't really agree with it and I remember them saying but your previous sabbatical officers they voted for this and we went well that's not what students currently want and we need to adapt to I mean we all see it you know there's different generations coming in all the time and especially with Covid you're going to get a, such a huge like a different generation coming in that needs is so specific and so need to be tailored to um and I think standing up for that, knowing that it's not necessarily the most comfortable of conversation to say like, yeah, the third years might have just left needed something completely different to the um, foundation years, first years that are coming in now. Um, so I think representing student voice in the way that we need to keep thinking and keep changing in accordance to what student groups we have in. And also to get obviously speak to students and I know we've said about speaking to the 8,000 students but making sure that you know we keep that communication even though a, not a lot of the time but sometimes it can be quite negative what you get back from students and you shouldn't take that personally um, because it's either about you know things that are out of your control or things that have happened or you know it's not a personal attack on you as a person it's just you're that funnel you're collecting that information and then you're funneling it through those channels so when you're collecting the student voice and representing them students from both sides it can sometimes come across as negative depending on what the conversation is but that shouldn't ever stop you from doing that job because that's what you were elected for and I think no matter what you do um that should always just be your like come back to like Tali said at one point he stopped listening to the students or something like that I wasn't really listening um, I'm joking I'm joking it shows but, everything about you as a as a sab <laughs> there you go yeah it does um but we like whenever you have like an intrusive thought or a thought or a tangent that you're going off and off and off and about just reel yourself back or get your other sabbatical office to reel you back in there was many times that we all sat in the office and was like look 
what is that real reason for? Are you representing that student voice right now? And, how, you know, some of the time it'd be yes, some of the time it'd be no. And from asking that one question, it'd sort of tell you the answer. So that's my two pence on that. So come on then, Megan Vick. You were the year that followed me. What, what was the what was the bit that you didn't agree with? What bit did I get wrong? Oh, stop being dramatic. Come it on, name, name it. Name it. <laughs> it was anonymous marking. Oh. Explains. And we were in an art meeting. I think that's what they still call it. Um, and yeah. also, just one, one big tip. Learn, like, you don't need to know the acronyms. You'll be fine. Um, but yeah, it, the Thanks student voice... Like she survived. <laughs> I just did the peace sign on camera. No one saw that. Um, but yeah, so there was, um, it was con contentious. Is that the word, Megan? Contentious. 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 Yeah, yeah, we love a dyslexic um, vice president education. <laughs> it was it was a really difficult subject from when Tali um, had the conversations to when we did, because the student voice had changed. And even though it, it'd be a lot easier and whether I thought or Megan thought it was the right idea, we needed to listen to the students and see what they wanted because, you know, we weren't studying at that time. So some things do change and you've just got to roll with the punches. I think, yeah, so just wrapping that one up there. Um, mainly the focus of our ever-changing student voice and the fact that each cohort comes with different challenges, different perspectives. Um, and that's something you kind of have to face in your time and bringing back to what Vic said previously about being genuine and authentic. Um, you can stand by what you believe in, um, but obviously listening to the changing student voice as to how that kind of affects um, topical issues at the time. OK, so moving on to the next question. So just a bit of advice there for future people who might be thinking about running into office. Um, what is the one thing you wish you'd known prior to taking office? I don't know, I'm thinking about like, one thing I wish I'd known, there's so many things I wish I'd known. One of them being don't be afraid to test burning out the bridges. You know, sometimes those bridges are only made to uh, benefit one party, not the other. So don't be afraid to test them. Um, that's one of them. I mean, there's other practical things like I wish I'd known that I'd be working long hours and I needed to become strict on myself. I wish I'd known that it can sometimes feel like the loneliest job in the world, but then at other times, it can feel like you are on top of the world. Like when you've successfully managed to secure something for students that is gonna make such a difference, you feel like you are just, oh, like a million, um, just everything is worthwhile. But then when you open an anonymous confession page, which that's something else I wish I'd known, don't go anywhere near them. They are just toxic and horrific. And you see your name or your position on there and someone anonymously critiquing you for something that you're not responsible for, that can be horrific. So I'd say I wish I'd known, yeah, test out, I guess like Tali said earlier on in the podcast, like test out what is how things currently work um, and don't be, don't be afraid to challenge them. Don't be afraid to challenge individuals if you feel like they're not working for the student voice and they're not supporting students and um just be kind to yourself because it's the best job it can also be a really really tough job as well so it's worth it i'd do it again in a heartbeat but you know just look after yourself i think um i think from a student officer's perspective i actually really liked going into it not knowing anything because you're not there to be paid you're not there you know being the main like bulk of the trustee board or anything like that holding up the union and stuff so I quite like the fact that it's kind of an adventure and 
like as people have already said each year is going to be different and to kind of take it in your stride and kind of enjoy it um although I do wish I'd known how intense the fresher pre-freshers week would have been running around from militant Vic Hurley over there run 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 put the orange boxes in go 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 um that that was intense and I wish I had prepared myself for that because oh I yeah that was intense I was giving out free PT sessions that week it was it was not okay fun um what was the question can you just remind us it's the one thing you'd wish you'd known prior to taking office then it's then it finishes then it ends like whether you do a year or two, whether it's as a part-time or full-time officer, there is a point when it all comes to an end. And actually, once you're gone and once you're done, like it's only the change that you've created and the impact that you've had that you've got left to hold on to. So like if you go into it and absolutely destroy yourself working thousands of hours and actually there's not much to show for it sometimes, then like that that's no like you've just ruined yourself for no reason. So like Pick wisely what you're going to do. Look after yourself, but also realise that it's it's a once in a lifetime thing, and then it's done. Um, honestly, if you want me to come in and be honest, I just say it. Uh, it can be a very public facing job, and that can be really hard sometimes. So don't be afraid to get like external help. And by that, I mean look at your options for therapy, because it you know it's a hard job. And I came out of it with major attachment issues to the job so you know like just I guess what Tali said it comes to an end sometime and just make sure you're ready for that because I absolutely was not and uh yeah I'd say my therapist was probably grateful for that because he got a lot of money out of for that. <laughs> um, but then if you do get really attached to student unions you can do what me and Meg Sally did and just stay working in SUs forever I feel like this is a perfect point for me to jump in. So yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think kind of riding on that is like, just take the opportunity, uh, especially as a part-time officer, if if someone comes to you and says, oh, would you like to come across this meeting and have your say in this area and, and just take the opportunities as and when they come. Try and keep that balance and don't overwhelm yourself with it. But actually this is an amazing, amazing chance to get in some amazing meetings and different conversations and difficult situations that you will never have at your age and and or like at the time that you're studying or or within this this like sort of area. And for me to run this alongside my third year was actually so good to kind of build those skills and and build what my confidence in those areas that I can now have in my in my work and in in my workplace now and kind of know knowing that now I would always have run that second year Meg would always run knowing that now and I think that's kind of something to maybe look at is use it for what you need and if it's building confidence in those areas and, and having experience in different styles of meetings and and you may have like I think Vic mentioned earlier like this might be your first professional job and and I know for me and Lucy it wasn't necessarily a job but actually using that to build those skills so then when you do have a job you you have have those already um I think the other thing is you won't ever 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 be bored ever there's always something fun it's always something it's so 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 unique it's unlike any experience you'll ever ever have and I think 
that's kind of what drew me to working in student unions uh, like post my, my graduation and stuff. And it's just full of variety and you kind of have that direct impact and kind of play that prominent part of, of improving the student experience. So kind of just taking all those opportunities within that and honestly just never being bored with it and, and kind of turning up every day and being like, oh, here's something new and fun we can we can work on together as, as a group for sure. Uh, just jumping in after Meg there um, to say that thing about like it's it's such a cliche but two days are never the same in SUs and like that's what I love whether it was at Winchester or kind of the bigger SUs and the other thing that I would say is having now worked in different SUs the fact that Winchester is such a small SU but achieves so much and does so much is actually a lot to do with an incredible staff team but also the fact that there are really passionate part-time officers that do so much of that work that makes us such a great issue and it means that you actually have more of a say and more of an influence and more of an impact in either delivering things or making change and making those days really fun and exciting and students also knowing that they can turn up to the issue any day of the week and there's something fun for them to do and nine times out of ten that's run by either a part-time or a sabbatical officer that's doing it. Yeah I'm gonna hop in because I feel the chat's going off and it's like oh this makes me emotional it makes me want to keep working with SUs things like this and the thing that I wish I knew is how emotional and how I mean it's said before attached you get to the role um I don't think personally I'm an emotional person but some of my best best moments in my life um have been in that role but also like I've cried a lot because I cared so much um you don't realize like how like obsessed you become um in trying to make a change and trying to um just keep it going and then trying to make it when you're doing a handover as well it's so emotional I remember being sat with Dan Chev because he was the lucky boy that got to be um held over to me my cleaner just came and that's okay um but basically yeah um how emotional you get to with the role and how emotional you get doing different tasks and I just loved it and I think yeah it was definitely um the best job in the world and probably will always be the best job um in the world so just know that you will get attached to it and you'll love it more than anything really. Dan I'm just gonna hop back in as someone who can't rerun in this election and is nearing the end of their time in office I'm sorry to say it to you but what what do you wish you knew? Oh, throwing the question back. Um, I think for me, it's mainly, I think, kind of the belief point about confidence. So thinking about, you know, you're an expert in your own student experience. Um, so don't doubt that when you're kind of in rooms with sort of senior staff and it's kind of that, you know, speaking to people who don't necessarily, they, they feel like they can't do the job. Um, you can do it. Just believe in yourself. That sounds really cliche, actually. Um, but you are an expert in your own student experience. And, you know, as long as you're speaking to students and really getting students involved in the process of your job, um, you're absolutely fine. And don't let anyone sort of um, have that sort of put that self-doubt into your mind. Um, so, yeah. Thanks. I just thought I'd ask. You've been very silent. You haven't you haven't contributed, Ooh, so I thought I'd ask. That's my two pence. <laughs> okay, so moving on to the next question. Um, so how important do you think it is to use your student vote in the up and coming elections? Well, I'm still a student, so I'm gonna be able to vote in these elections. So it is really important because 
like you will look across the university and you and the SU and you will see so many different things that like are happening and you won't necessarily realize that that is either down to thanks or it's designed in the way it is because an officer in the SU did something to achieve that at one point like you go and enjoy 24 hours in the library that's because Tom Lowe vice president of education years ago went and achieved that you go make use of the EC policy that's because Vic Hurley did something and and the girl wrote a policy and made some change for you or like you enjoy some free uh, hockey pitches and that's because uh, um, some vice president activities delivered some change for you once and like there are so many of those examples across campus but that's because students elected those people that could do it and promised it and then worked hard to do it and if students weren't voting or getting involved one those officers wouldn't have the power to say that students believed in them and you come and look at all these students that have voted for me and I've got a mandate to deliver and you wouldn't have the right people that are there to do the job and represent you as your student representatives so go vote I think it's so important and I've found this as a master's and then PhD student actually how important anything postgraduate and up particularly PhD student like and I know this is something Dan has been working on this year and it's been so nice as a PhD student to feel like PhD students or doctoral students in general are involved because it's the student union isn't just for undergraduate students like the student union is for all students at the university whether you're mature part-time commuting PhD, master's, anything like that. And I think it's so important to use your vote no matter what level of study you are. Um, even if you're leaving as well, as a third year, you are creating change for the next generation of um, students and everything like that as well. So I want to hop in on that as well, Lucy. Yeah, I so agree because now, I mean, sadly, I'm not a student at Winchester anymore, but I am a part time student now at. Royal Holloway and I'm now a part-time post-grad mature and commuting student so I tick a lot of boxes and it's such a different experience to when I was a full-time undergrad living on campus you know like in a sports team and going to the going to BOP every week it's like such a vastly different experience yet I am always telling my course mates you know like a Royal Holloway there was a referendum about the strikes in uh, last year and I was telling everyone in all my lectures I was like right have you voted in the referendum you know you need to make sure you vote in the referendum because you you have such a unique experience so if you feel like the student union is for you isn't for you use your voice to vote because then you're making it for you the only way it will become a place for every type of student from every dif different background and every different experience is if you use your voice and you go and vote so never underestimate the power of one vote which i'm sure tali i it wasn't tali that won but in tali's second year the vice president activities won by one vote so you know never underestimate your power in uh well your power in democracy i suppose maybe that's a wider that's a wider thing to say as well and it's even more important to say that that was in the third round of that that election so it's not just use your vote use your preferences that you have when you vote so 
there'll be a video somewhere on the issue website that explains how um, the voting system works. But you obviously rank the candidates um, in the order that you want them. And if your first preference isn't going to win, you, it, your vote goes gets given to your second preference or your third preference. And it, as the elections go on and until someone gets 50 percent of the vote, those become really important. So even if your best friend's running in the election, Think about who you might want to put second and third. And if you're a candidate in the election and you're talking to people that have already decided who their first preference is, get them, like convince them that you should be their second preference or their third preference, because it literally comes down to those votes sometimes. And like that was such an intense election. Um, yeah, I guess for me, it's kind of utilising that chance to sort of have your say and, and, and make that change and kind of feed into the wider work a student union does and, and how that kind of works. And, and um, like I think Carly said a moment ago is feeding through to all of those different areas that actually all of those, um, you might not immediately see it and link it to a sabbatical officer or a part-time officer, but actually those projects are being worked on or we are at some point have been consulted or will be consulted about those things. So being able to kind of have your, have your chance to sort of have your say and make that change um, early on in that process is really nice and kind of feeds into the wider work that, that student unions kind of do. And I think also just kind of, if you kind of look and, and there's, there's no one there this year maybe that's your chance and, and your inspiration of going next year and fighting for what you kind of believe as a student and kind of using it as as a sort of like looking and seeing what the student other students are kind of worried about and what they might care about and, and sort of helping out in those areas as well I think that's kind of the best thing about an elections is kind of finding out about what other students find important and and I think that's really nice about this whole elections process as well yeah I definitely think it's so cliche to say isn't it because it gets thrown out over wherever um in polit like policy um politics in issues like if you've got a vote please use it um you don't know how many people wish they had votes um and i think from being in the position of being voted for you know that you know well you hope you do anyway that you're gonna make a good job and you're going to try your best and if you've got someone that you can vote for and it literally takes 10 seconds it's set up so easy but if you know that you can literally take 10 10 to 30 seconds out of your day to vote for someone who is completely 100% committed to helping your student experience and your you know the impact that that has on you then what I don't understand why people wouldn't do it there's so many things that the SU and sabbatical officers and part-time officers do because of your votes and that have helped you get to the place where you are now whether you're graduated now whether you're still studying you know it impacts all across the board and you know there's so many initiatives that have been put in place because those people have voted for you and voted for the people that are in those positions so if it t takes 30 seconds out of your day you know it really isn't that much so that sounds a bit dry but just please go vote it, honestly from being in the position and seeing it happen and you know in our second year we couldn't rerun so we were seeing Dan being voted for and things like that and we were urging people to still vote because it's so important it's not self-sufficient but you're now in the position where you're like it's so important and it's a bit hard to describe but please 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 go vote and you get to see cute dogs on campus <laughs> I think it's just a quick second point to that because kind of like 
using the the as a as a voter and not as a as an uh, a candidate is going and using what's um out there to learn about who to vote for and going yes. to the question times and listening to these podcasts and 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 going and doing those extra bits of, and learning and and using your vote in such a um so you really feel like you've had a useful and productive vote and you feel confident that you voted for the right person. And I think it's going back to like, you look at those passionate candidates and, and stuff like that. And it's actually using what the SU are offering at that time during elections to go meet meet the candidates and you've got your question times and, and your live streams and using all the resources available to you that are out there at quite easy reach and using those to inform those votes as well. And so that you're, you really feel confident that you've made that right decision. I think that's also just like kind of really important as well. I'd also say, think about the opposite of what happens when you don't use your vote and the wrong person gets in. Like you've seen them in SU elections, you've seen them in like uh, other countries elections or even our country elections. Like when the people you don't want or don't think will do a good job getting elected, but you didn't vote, you have not got a leg to stand on. You can't say anything like, and they're going to be there a year, whether you like it or not. So take the time to work out who the passionate and the right candidates are and vote for them. And if you're really passionate about that good candidate, maybe you can get involved in promoting them or telling other people to vote about and spreading the word even more um like that and yes guys i'm not naming names when i when i said i said what i said i think also more broadly in the sense of voting as if you're someone who's planning to vote talk to your friends talk to your course mate talk to people in your activity group um and just sort of talk to them about the elections process so that they're aware of it and they can vote it is so quick um it's so easy to do and so um election voting will open during campaigning week so monday the 27th 7th of february um we'll have the democracy dogs out on campus as well um so lots of opportunities to vote as well um, so the last question for this podcast there is, what is your favourite memory from your time in office? Are we only allowed one or can we go around a few times? You can have a few. Go for one main highlight, though. Sitting in the back of a taxi with a the captain of trampolining after they put the wrong petrol into a, into a, the SU minibus and it being about nine o'clock at night. Um, wondering why I even ran for this position. I did not know that the SU president and the vice president activities and now services would have to go and like help stranded students who didn't know how to drive a minibus um, and then sit with them and convince them to run to be um, the next SU president and then becoming um, my best friend for life, um, who's now going to be man of honour at her wedding. So that's kind of one of my favourite memories of being SU president. But like jokes aside, you actually meet some like amazing people in in these roles and they do become your friends. And like there are things that we can say to each other that we wouldn't say to anybody else in the world. But that's because we've been through some of those highs and lows together. That is being a, an officer at a student union and that will always stick with me. I genuinely think well, I've got loads. I've got countless ones that I could think of, but meeting friends for life is a big one. Uh, like Charlie said, Charlie's going to be man of honor at my wedding. Vic's going to be maid of honor at my wedding. Like these are both two people that I had the joy of working with and taking over a job from. So yeah, that's a that's a big one. Um, that's a big one for me for sure. I've got loads though. Yeah. I come back around I'll th I'll try and narrow down a few more I think uh one for me was uh me I think it was me Vic and Lucy we did the campus blackout um in <laughs> in like collaboration with the environmental team um at 
at the university and basically we were all in charge of going around with teams and the environment environmental team were like here you go you can be in charge of the teams and just handed us this massive pile of keys and for anyone listening the campus blackout was basically teams of uh, volunteer students went around and turned off all lights and printers and stuff to see how much energy we kind of saved over and to kind of promote uh, saving energy at the university and honestly trying to unlock some offices uh, in the dark with like phone torches it was just the most hilarious fun because we were just kind of put in charge of these like keys and we, they were like yeah here's here's all the places you got it hit just go for it and we were like okay <laughs> and I think that was like the most fun I've I've ever had and it was just hilariously funny. Um, but yeah, I think that's one that kind of stands out. I do have another one, but I'll come back in a sec. Talking, I might just jump in with one of, I've, I've got a, like a silly fun one. Um, and it was one um, exec meeting. Um, for whatever reason, most of our exec meetings was on a Friday at like four till 6 p.m. in the evening. Um, but one Friday, Vic Hurley goes down to the student union shop and she just gets a pint of Ben and Jerry's and she's just sat having a great time in the meeting, eating her Ben and Jerry's. And it just was hilarious. Um, and but to be fair, those exec meetings were very fun, um, even though they were Friday evenings. It was cookie dough for reference <laughs> and I needed it. <laughs> Um, one of my, oh, I can't really pinpoint the moment and I, this sounds really emotional and really soppy, but I just have this, I always go back to this feeling when I'm talking about the SU and I was so incredibly lucky to have the best girl group that I was sabbatical officers with. Um, there was me, Megan and Ellen and it was honestly, I could not have done it without them too. It was so just warm and whenever I was whenever we'd completed something or done something together we'd all congratulate each other and we'd all celebrate together whether that was literally like getting a monster from downstairs in the SU shop with some lentil crisps or whether it was going out like we genuinely became friends and we just had the best time celebrating each other and I think at that point I really, really did learn the sense of like celebrating others without ever having sort of a negative feeling that you hadn't done it. It was so warm and cozy. And I just have that feeling now when I talk about my experience because it was just so enlightening and I will carry that for the rest of my life. So it's, I've got many moments that I felt like that in. SSRAs um, when we finished our first freshers and we were literally pigging out on dominoes downstairs with Megan and Lucy and like we all got a drink and we did some awards it was really really cute and funny but yeah I have many many a moment um, but it's just that feeling that I don't think I'll ever really truly feel again in that environment. I think kind of coming off of that is like I remember results night I didn't actually come to results night because I was too nervous that I wasn't going to win. <laughs> And I know that <laughs> I know that sounds so like weird and stupid, but like it was the student union at that point was already my safe zone. And I was like, if this doesn't go well for me, this this is a lot and something I'd have to process. And I wasn't ready to kind of process process that in public with people. And I remember sitting at home and watching the live stream with my flatmates at the time and my name coming up and being like, oh my God, wow 
somewhere that I feel comfortable already and somewhere that really roots for me and helps me out in, in a different context I now to get be like be a part of in 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 a new and improved way and I think for me that was kind of like a real turning point of that I'd like had joined the SU family in a completely different way and I was so excited and I remember so many getting so many lovely messages at that point being like oh I'm so excited to see what you can kind of do in that role and and I remember at that point having um kind of joining the SU family in like a different way and 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 I think that that was like a big highlight for me going into it like strong and knowing that this was something that I was really going to enjoy for the year. Uh, is we keep talking about our, our favourite memories. Dan, do you have a favourite memory so far? Yeah, I was thinking about it. I think for me, um, definitely, I think the conferences you get to go on as part of the Southern Unions Group and NUS Lead and Change in terms of like meeting fellow officers and speaking to them um, and kind of, it kind of inspires your kind of, it gives you a new drive, I think, when you're speaking to other officers um, at these conferences and it's always a good laugh as well. You have some fun meeting the officers um, and also SSRAs. I think SSRAs was a really sort of fun opportunity to celebrate staff and students, um, which is typically hosted by the Vice President of Education and Welfare and the President. Um, yeah, that was a really fun one. I've got one. I had the craziest experience delivering a, I was invited um, to deliver a graduation speech about Fran Kirby, the England women's Euros goal scorer herself. Um, I mean, I, as someone who grew up in a rugby family and knew nothing about football, uh, I did have to do my research. But that moment of standing in front of two and a half thousand people on the it was also the day of my graduation um, in, you know, all my robes and like standing there and delivering this speech about this incredibly successful woman and why the university were granting her kind of you know a honorary degree oh it was such a cool experience and one I'll literally never be able to top again I don't think and on a on a graduation theme but on the theme of sitting in rooms with people that you weren't expecting to having dinner sat across the table from David Suchet Poirot himself was a particularly bizarre moment that I did not anticipate but a fantastic one nonetheless and he's a lovely man and has lots of great stories to tell um so yeah it's just ah, oh, what is what a cool job it is if you have any doubts just run please run it's so worth it some of my favorite memories are those really tiny moments where a random student comes up to you and goes you moved me into halls or I spoke to you in freshers and I joined this team because I spoke to you or I got involved in the SU because you said X, Y, Z. And it's those really little things where you get a shocked moment where you realise that actually you have an impact on individual lives and that it really matters. And there are some of the kind of memories that I will always hang on to. I think with mine, mine is slightly cheating the question because mine kind of is post when I was in office because I've been fortunate enough to still, well, fortunate maybe question mark I'm still at the university as a student so I have seen a lot of sabbatical teams I've seen a lot of I mean Tali was my first president and then Megan and then Karis after and then Charlotte now so I have witnessed a lot of different issues but what I liked is the fact that being part of it has kept me involved in some way or another and for example like being able to help like Dan on like PhD student things and getting to go to SSRAs and um, being a student trustee and everything like that I think 
it's just such a nice opportunity and if you say run as a first year um who's going into their second year you may not want to run again but still be involved in the student union somehow so I think that's quite a nice um opportunity and quite a nice ongoing memory I guess I'm sure we could go on for hours talking about all the positive memories and exciting things and our favourite memories, um, but we'd be here forever. Um, so if we just wrap this up now, so just to say thank you all for listening um, and thank you to all of our wonderful officers who have contributed to this podcast. Um, thanks for giving up your time to be a part of this. Um, if you want more information about the elections, if you go to www.winchesterstudents.co.uk and look at our elections page, um, nominations open from the 23rd of January until Friday the 17th of February um, and do get in contact with us if you want any more information do we do closing remarks bye <laughs> i mean if you want to good luck everyone hope you enjoy